Welcome to RADcast, a series of youth-created podcasts showcasing the Allegheny Regional Asset District, RAD, which provides financial support to Allegheny County's libraries, parks and trails, arts and cultural organizations, regional attractions, sports and civic facilities, and public transit. I'm Morgan McRae. Joining me this week is Jules Smallest. Hi, Morgan. How are you today? Hi, Jules. I'm good. I'm good. This episode includes segments on the WQED Film Academy, Pittsburgh Playwrights, but first, we'll be taking a closer look at the Rachel Carson Homestead Association, a piece done by Aneri. Rachel Carson, marine biologist, conservationist, and powerful writer. Few know her, and even fewer know that she lived right here in Allegheny County. The award-winning author was born on a farm in Springdale, Pennsylvania in 1907, and the very house where she grew up still stands. The Rachel Carson Homestead Association, or RCHA, aims to preserve that childhood home in order to share her legacy with the public. The Rachel Carson Homestead Association is a nonprofit. The house that Rachel Carson was born in was being sold. The woman who owned it wanted to save this house as part of the legacy. So a nonprofit was formed with the mission to preserve and maintain the homestead, to interpret it, and really to teach about Rachel Carson and environmental education. That was Miss Jean Cecil, the Rachel Carson Homestead Association's executive director. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with her about the organization for the inspiring woman who was a century ahead of her time. The RCHA's central focus is to refurbish the house of Rachel Carson and to allow others to witness what her life may have looked like. Authenticity is crucial in preserving the lifestyle of the early 1900s. We're preserving the house. Our goal is to keep it safe and protect it from further damage and actually take it back to when Rachel Carson lived there. We're trying to furnish the house with items that are authentic from the period of historical significance. We have the same kind of piano that Rachel grew up with. Ms. Cecil has been intrigued by Rachel Carson since she was a young woman, leading to her involvement in the RCHA. Her high school teacher sparked her interest in Carson's articulate writings. Initially, I visited the homestead back in the 70s. I was in awe, and one of my high school mentors, she introduced me to Rachel Carson's writings. Eventually, I came back, but I was still in awe that this person who was world famous was born right here. Carson's works had a profound effect on Ms. Cecil, and she wants others to feel the same impact that Rachel Carson made on her life. She had modest means. They weren't terribly poor, but they weren't wealthy. And she came of age during the Depression. So without having all these connections, she came to change the world. There was a a group of women who came in. One of them who wasn't aware of it kept saying, why did I never learn about this? And then someone else said, oh, you know, my feet are on the same steps that Rachel's little feet went up and down every day. Silent Spring was arguably the most influential book that Carson wrote, with over two million copies sold. Published in 1962, the novel addressed the environmental harm caused by using pesticides indiscriminately. Silent Spring was so powerful that it led to a ban on DDT, a detrimental synthetic insecticide. In 2022, climate change is still a hot topic. Rachel Carson foretold the same prophecy that we're seeing today. A century ahead of her time, she warned us of this issue before anyone considered the possibility. It's unlikely that Rachel Carson would be hopeful for our planet's future if she were alive today. It's really hard to say if she would have as much optimism. I think before her time ended, she was already seeing that we were on the wrong road. One of her last speeches 
was warning young college students, this is their turn now to do something. Yeah, I think she would be very distraught, to say the least. Carson's work has proven to be timeless. She was a truly influential individual whose contributions impact us today. To learn more about the Rachel Carson Homestead Association's amazing work, find ways to support them, and schedule a tour, visit rachelcarsonhomestead.org. So we just heard a piece on the Rachel Carson Homestead Association done by Aneri, and we actually have Aneri here today. Hi, Aneri. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're good. We're good. So we loved your piece. It was absolutely amazing. It was so well put together. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. And we just have a few questions for you. Yeah. Yeah. So my first question for you is, did you have any previous interest in environmental sciences before researching the Rachel Carson Homestead Association? No, I really didn't, but I heard about it and I was like, okay, this sounds cool. So I did some research and it was it was really interesting. And I was also just wondering, did you know about anything regarding Rachel Carson before doing the interview? I mean, I know you said you did a little bit of research before, but prior to that, have you heard the name before or heard about her books before? So I did hear about her. Like, I know we have a bridge named after her here in Pittsburgh. But as for her contributions and her work, I honestly didn't know much about it until I did some research. And then I got to know that she's actually like a really, really accomplished and influential person. Yeah. And it's great that you did that research because listening to your piece was just like it was so well put together. I didn't know too much about Rachel Carson, but it was really educational and it was impactful to hear about something so close to home. So I did want to know, like, what are your thoughts on her book, Silent Spring? You mentioned had a big impact on environmental change in the country and led to a pesticide being discontinued and, you know, not be able to be used anymore. So I want to know your thoughts on, you know, books having this big impact on social change. I think that books like this are really, really, really important. Like in the case of Rachel Carson, as you said, the work that she did, the research that she conducted, all of this put into a book that led to the banning of the pesticide DDT, which was actually really, really detrimental towards, you know, the environment and the organisms like around the area. So definitely, I think books that provide this sort of social message and like insight change should really be pushed forward and should really be valued. That is all the questions we have for you. Anything else you'd like to add about your piece? Huge shout out to Miss Jean Cecil. She was an amazing person to interview and she had a lot to say. You could definitely see she had a lot of passion through, um, you know, everything that she told me and even like how she ran the organization herself. So, you know, that was really great to see. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Anari. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is a prime example of what Radcast can do. I mean, Anari did say that she didn't know much about the Rachel Carson Homes Association before, and she just picked it, and now she's fully educated on the environmental impacts that she had, and I think it's just such a cool opportunity for people. Just being able to know everything that's going on in Allegheny County and becoming educated on all these different events and different cultures and different things is such a cool opportunity and that everyone should be taking advantage of. Next, we will be transitioning into a piece featuring Pittsburgh Playwrights by Henry. Pittsburgh is a city full of vibrant theater, 
A shining star in this art form is Pittsburgh Playwrights Theatre Company, run by Mark Southers. Pittsburgh Playwrights is a production company based around creating and putting on racially and culturally diverse productions, as well as inspiring the next generation of actors and playwrights alike. A majority focus of plays produced and performed at Pittsburgh Playwrights focus on the collaborative effort of its members. As they put it, we believe that bridges are built when diverse groups of people work together to make and experience the art, something that is very obvious in their performances. The company has been in business for 17 years, initially starting in 2005 in Bloomfield and eventually moving downtown and then to Lawrenceville, where they currently operate. I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Southers, who is the founder and current artistic director of Pittsburgh Playwrights. We first spoke on how Pittsburgh Playwrights has explored and expanded the racial and collaborative makeup of theater. I think we attacked the racial makeup early on with our festival and getting people to work together. I think it's gotten a lot better than it was 19 years ago. And I think we put a little dent in that by having people work with each other and people being called from theater companies in the suburbs who just didn't know African-American actors. And now someone was like, oh, I did a show with them in the Black and White Fest and vice versa. So it's been working out pretty good. Pittsburgh is working on its diversity. We got our first African-American mayor, which is it's great. Slowly losing that, you know, Pittsburgh is a white city moniker. Mr. Southers also had a lot to say on the gratitude of Pittsburgh towards his theater company. I think Pittsburgh is in a great town for funders and even donors. Pittsburgh has been very good at it. I think one of the things that happens with smaller theater companies is they don't have someone on the payroll, can't afford to pay somebody to go out and write these grants. That was our struggle early on. And we finally got a really great grant writer and that's helped tremendously. All in all, Pittsburgh is a great place with a lot of great foundations that are tuned in to the, the heartbeat of the artist. And at the end, Mr. Southers answered the question I wondered the entire time as we spoke. Why Pittsburgh? Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I wasn't planning on going anywhere. I wasn't planning on even starting a theater, but I was a playwright, and whenever I would send my work out of town, it would always get picked up. So I had three productions in a row in three different cities, but nothing in Pittsburgh. One day, an opportunity presented itself, and I pounced on it. I was like, hey, I took a home equity loan out of my house, and I bought a guy out on his theater that he had in Lawrenceville, and the rest is history. We just continued to build it up. To learn more and possibly attend a performance, visit pghplaywrights.org. I really love that piece. I didn't know much about Pittsburgh Playwrights. I've heard it in passing, but it's really inspiring to hear some place that really focuses on the diversity of production and theater as an art as itself. And it was really great to hear about there's people from all over Pittsburgh and the city as a whole has been super supportive of this organization, which is really lovely to hear. I agree, and it's crazy to think that Pittsburgh Playwrights has been around since I've been born, and this is really just the first time that I've been hearing about it. And I think their message as a whole, like you said, is really, really incredible, and it's so necessary for our city as well. Like Henry said, building bridges between the communities through this art, and I think it's super important. In Pittsburgh, a place that can be kind of sectioned off, depending on where you live in the area, in the city, even Allegheny County as a whole can be a little sectioned. It's nice to see that this art is bringing people together, and especially from these different diverse backgrounds. I completely agree and I think that's what art is all about is about bringing people together no matter where they come from or who they are. Lastly we have a piece by Pranita on the WQED Film Academy. Every movie that you have watched has a backstory. The film's success shadows the excellent harmony between the film team. Here in Pittsburgh we have many projects created that showcase our talent. 
I spoke to the Film Academy Program Director, Marianne McBride Tackett, and the Managing Director of Education at WQED, Gina Masiola. They started off by explaining what WQED Film Academy is. WQED Film Academy is our program for high school students um, to teach them filmmaking skills. And um, they go through a pathway with us. Uh, they come in to our studios, WQED in Oakland, start out by learning all the basics of filmmaking. That's called the learning level. And then after they do a semester of that, they go up to an intern level where they get a ton of experience. They work with the more experienced students on their sets, learn what it is to be a good production assistant. And then um, once they hit their 100 hours that they have to accumulate, then they are eligible to move up to teen film crew. Once they get to that point, we start paying them. So then they're paid content creators and they're making content for the real teens, which is our web series. And then they're also working on client-based work. Not only does WKED Film Academy give a fantastic opportunity for teens to learn filmmaking, but also give students hands-on opportunities on various levels. After school programming, we do summer camps, we do professional development. And then this fall, we're going to be rolling out Film Academy Light, which will be for 7th and 8th graders. And it'll just be like a mini version of Film Academy to, to let uh, middle school students sort of test it out and see if they want to join the high school program. About 20 years ago, WKED started to help strengthen the film industry in Pittsburgh. This is when they realized the Steeltown Entertainment had so much space to grow. Meanwhile, the Film Academy had started around 2015. Then they combined with WKED to help create more wonderful pieces. Marianne also explained what kind of projects they do. Check out the WQED uh, channel. We're, we're going to have playlists on there that'll have all of the Real Teens episodes. And then also we'll showcase some of that client work that our students do. But we also take that content for the Real Teens, and when it's finished, we'll submit it to film festivals all over the country. The most important part of a team is the bond. Having this interview helped showcase their amazing friendship. When you can learn and grow from and with the people around you, you know you're like heading in the right direction. I also am so very um, fortunate to have had somebody like Gina that has been like by my side 110% the entire time from day one. To lighten the mood, we decided to end this interview with a game. I said a word and they had to say a word they associated with. The word is media. Creators. Opportunity. Technology. Changing. Cumbersome. Editing. Tedious. Horrible. <laughs> Camera. Shy. Challenging. Storytelling. My favorite. I was going to say easy. To learn more about the WQED Film Academy, visit filmmakers.wked.org. I really enjoyed how engaging she was with her interviewees. I thought all the information that she gathered from everyone she interviewed was really amazing, from the different opportunities that they offered to youth, to getting experience working as a teen and as an intern, even getting paid. <laughs> right, like speaking of opportunity, there's so much that they offer. Um, I think it was really great that they submit some of the teen content to film festivals. I think that's a really unique opportunity that a lot of people will not get in their high school experience. And I think it is really beneficial to have your work even recognized to say like, we're gonna submit this because we think it's great. It definitely would instill some confidence within the students and this academy sounds absolutely amazing. And the fact that they also provide professional development is like, they don't just wanna expose, they want students to like become super interested and almost invested in this field. I completely agree.
Well, all of those pieces were great, and that's a wrap on this week's episode. Special thanks to Rad for allowing us this opportunity to see these assets and create these podcasts. Jules, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. We'll see you soon. All right. We'll see you all soon. Thank you.